podcast land here. Set you down once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, your first, best, and only all-encompassing combat sports podcast. Episode 72. Oh, my goodness. How did we get here? I don't even know. But my special guest today, so I don't bury the lead, UFC bantamweight contender Ayman Zahabi joins me for 10 rounds of Rhino. A little bit later on the show, make sure you stay tuned for that. Let's get into our schedule for today. I'm going to do just a quick rundown of the uh, PFL's main card from Friday. Our full, of course, our full breakdown of UFC 261. Drea's world-famous drop of the night. Kicks for our next week's UFC Reyes versus Prohaska fight night. A Q&A session with members of the Rhino gang. Yang Yang. And then, of course, the aforementioned Ayman Zahabi goes 10 rounds with Rhino. Unbelievable stuff. He was awesome. Going to talk to you. Can't wait for you guys to check it out. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So, the new regular season of the PFL began on Friday. This uh, this card had the lights, uh, lightweights and the featherweights. Our first bout in the main card was Lance Palmer, two-time winner of the PFL championship, uh, versus Bubba Jenkins. Now, Bubba Jenkins... Very fantastic national champion wrestler um, had beat Lance in college in wrestling. I think he must have had the, I don't know, man, he had the good kind of advantage mentally, the mental warfare over Lance because Lance did not look like the same fighter as he usually does. Bubba Jenkins clearly won the unanimous decision, winning all three rounds in that one. Moving on to uh, Mobile Kabibulev versus Lazar Stojadovic. Um, this was one-way traffic all the way through, dude. Movalid completely dominated Lazar, takedown after takedown, Dagestani handcuffed, ground and pound. It was awesome. Another fantastic wrestler from Dagestan at 145 pounds. Moving into the two lightweight bouts, the first one was Natan Schultz versus Marcin Held, who we've seen before in the UFC. Uh, fantastic leg lock guy, but this one... Wasn't a submission or grappling match for the most part. These two guys had a great fight. It was one of my favorite fights of the weekend, dude. They stood up. They banged. Held through beautiful uppercuts and combinations. Natan did a fantastic job on the feet with kicks especially. It was a great fight. Marcin got the unanimous decision over Natan, who was also a former PFL Million Dollar winner. Fantastic fight. I hope you guys caught it because it was awesome. Moving into one the one I'm going to guess that most of us watched, even if you didn't watch the other ones, was uh, Anthony Showtime Pettis, long, long, long time UFC fighter, former 155-pound champion, uh, fighting Clay Collard, who I don't think is a very well-known name in the MMA world, right? But uh, he is in the boxing world. He's had a lot of big upsets over the last couple of years. But I think they kind of meant for Anthony to be, able, to be able to get through Clay, but not the way it happened. Anthony looked good in the first round, but the second and the third, Clay Collar hurt him a lot, dropped him to the body, to the head. Clay Collar clearly won rounds two and three, uh, in my opinion. So, yeah, the judges, too, they gave the unanimous, the unanimous decision to Clay Collard over Anthony Pettis. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens next uh, moving forward in that tournament. All right, let's go ahead and get into the big events, the major events, the meat of the matter, if you will. UFC 261 from Florida. We had our very first fight was just, it set the tone for the evening, right? I know fans are back, and I don't want to get into that discussion. I kind of covered on that last week, but the fans were back, and there was definitely a clear energy boost, right? So from the very beginning, we had uh, Ariane Canelosi uh, versus Na Liang. 
these two ladies came out and were just throwing, dude. Both of them landing. It was a it was a whirling dervish of just crazy, right? For the first round, uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful length. Uh, Lei Liang, I'm trying to say that correctly. Liang had a beautiful shot that really hurt uh, Lanessi from the very beginning, or Connor Lessi. Uh, this one was just a really fun fight, dude. The uh, Lang seemed to really gas after the first round. Uh, right towards the end of that first round, she was getting her head bashed by Ariani. Yeah, and then the second we got the uh, we had the second round ground and pound for Ariani Canalosi over Nya Lang. Oh wow, that was such a fun fight, dude! Great finish, really really fun. That uh, really set the tone for the evening. Moving into the 125 pound division, we had CSW. I almost said CSWR. Dana White contender series uh, winner Jeff Molina versus Quay Lang Aori. This one was one way for the first round. And then Jeff really kind of got his kind of got his bearings, man. He seemed to settle down. He started boxing him up. Clearly won the next two rounds. So big win by unanimous decision for Jeff Molina in our second bout. Moving into we had oh man, this one the first one I had wrong. We had uh Zhu Rong versus uh Kazula Vargas. Um yeah, Vargas did a great job. He, he tried to guillotine early, somehow, some way, did not blow his arms up. Was able to throw nice combinations to the rest of the fight. Yeah, clear cut unanimous decision for Kazula Vargas. Um, yeah, that one was actually, a, I don't know, that one wasn't the most fun fight in the world. That was one of the few. I was just kind of like, eh. All right, then we had Dana uh, Batrajel versus Kevin Natividad, which is hard for me not to say. Like, I don't know, man. I thought this one was going to be last a little bit longer. Than it did. <laughs> uh, Dana did a had a beautiful left hook that separated Kevin from standing to the ground, moved his way onto his back, a little bit of GNP, finished it, left hook in the very first round uh, for Better Terrell. What a great win for him. Um, definitely want to see him next. Dave Fretz, if you guys haven't seen it, did a great piece on this guy. It was amazing. Uh, moving into the next fight, we had Tristan Connolly, the lone Canadian uh, on our fight versus Pat Zabatini. I thought Tristan was going to win this one with his stand-up. He used to be a much bigger guy. He fought at 170. But Pat Sabatini, fantastic wrestler out of Pennsylvania, really imposed his will, uh, passed the guard a few times, had some nice ground and pound, did, did a, had, a, had a crucifix at one point. He kind of rode Tristan every time Tristan tried to get out. He did a great job of staying stuck to him when he got him down. Clear-cut UD for Pat Sabatini, looking to wait and see what's next for him. Uh, moving at 185 pounds, we had our first leg lock uh, win of the evening. We had Brendan Allen versus Carl Roberson. This one was... Brendan Allen taking Roberson down, taking his back, slapping on the leg lock. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful jiu-jitsu. Beautiful submission for Brendan Allen. Uh, submission in the very first round over Carl Roberson. Uh, moving into what was not the right decision. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. I saw Twitter blow up after this one. Dwight Grant versus uh, Stefan Sekulik. Uh, Dwight Grant, you could make a case for the first round uh, with his jazz, but really in the second, Stefan Clearly won, and particularly kind of put a stamp on him in the third with really hurt Dwight through a kind of wild flying knee that didn't land. But it, it was clearly uh, Stefan won the second and the third to me. But somehow, some way, some decision went to Dwight Grant. I don't agree with it at all, but that's the way it was. That's the way the cookie crumbles, as they say, right? Let's move into our feature prelim. We had Randy Brown, rude boy, over Cowboy Oliveira, Mr. 
<laughs> I was going to say somebody. The, the man has a lot of children. Randy, <laughs> Randy Brown uh, came out really strong. They, he was keeping good distance. Cowboy returned with some good fire, especially in the leg kick front. Um, th- then again, Randy Brown is one of the few guys in that division that's actually taller and ranger than Cowboy Oliveira, which I think caused him to have some trepidation as far as engaging too much. A right hand from Randy cleanly dropped Cowboy to the ground. Randy followed him to the ground. They kind of stood back up. Randy secured like a one-arm rear naked choke. They fell backwards. Cowboy was tapping pretty much as soon as they hit the ground before Randy even secured the other hand. Fantastic win for Randy Brown. A little bit of fireworks afterwards. Apparently, it was a little bad blood, but it seems to be it seems to be squashed at this point. So big win for Randy Brown at 170 pounds. Now let's get into our main card from 261. We had Jimmy Crew. Give me the crew. Give me the crew. Versus longtime veteran Anthony Lionheart Smith. Um, yeah, let's just let's just get through this one quickly. The next two, let's get through quickly. Jimmy Crew uh, tore something bad in his. I'm not even a thousand percent sure what part of it looked like his ankle could have been his knee. I'm not even sure, but his leg was really jacked up at the end of the round because he's such a valiant, tough guy. He wanted to continue. The doctor said, absolutely not. You can't even stand up or walk. Anthony Hart's Lionheart Smith gets the TKO, you know, by Dr. Stoppage at the end of the first round, but Jimmy Crute's knee is messed up or ankle, whatever it was. So moving our way to the next one. We had Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. Oh my God. The odds of this are ridiculous, but it happened, right? They came out, they were circling. Chris Weidman threw a kick and his leg just wrapped around Uriah Hall's, his knee, I'm not sorry, his knee, his shin just completely snapped in half. He tried to step back. It obviously gave way. He collapsed. It was, what, like 15 seconds in the first round? Oh, my God. Catastrophic, horrible injury off that kick for Chris Weidman. Yeah, we had a question about him later, but I'm pretty sure that man is done. And, oh, that was gnarly. Okay, let's move forward to Bulletshevchenko versus Jessica Andrade. Now, before I get into this, I want to say I'm a Jessica Andrade fan. I think she is a fantastic fighter. I love her aggression. I love everything about her. I I love Jessica Andrade. Bulletshevchenko is a whole other level, man. Bulletshevchenko, from the beginning, the takedown after the takedown to the ground and pound, got her in the crucifix, was throwing those beautiful elbows. Again, it was one of those deals where Bulletshevchenko, you never remember. It's like, not your first thought that she's so good on the ground, but she is. She is so good on the ground. She has really developed from her Muay Thai into a complete mixed martial artist. Uh, got, Got Jessica Andrade in a crucifix in the second throwing beautiful elbows, sharp punches. I mean, just rained down the thunder, if you will, from Bulletship Jake on Jessica Drudge. Second round TKO, Bullet retains her 125-pound belt. Whew. Wow, man, that was crazy. That was just so one-sided. I was so impressed and surprised. I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was. Moving into our 115-pound belt title fight, we had Wiley Zhang versus Rose, Thug Rose, Nami Yunus. We didn't have to wait for long for this one either. <laughs> Pretty early on, uh, Thug Rose threw a beautiful left high kick, smacked Whaley Zhang right under the front of the face, dropped her down, Rose pounced on her, a couple of hammer fists. It was over. New champ at 115 pounds. And again, she made history. She's the first uh, women's fighter to have had the belt, 
lost the belt and regained the belt. So history making performance. I think Wiley Zhang will be back soon. Or Zhang Wiley is a fantastic fighter. Just it was Rose's night. She got her with that beautiful hat kick. Story over for last night. Moving into our main event, we had Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal at 170 pounds for the strap. Uh, Jorge started out pretty nicely, dude. He had some nice leg kicks. He seemed to be confident. He was moving well. Kamaru had some beautiful left hooks, a couple shots to the body. It, it was a it was a pretty good first round, pretty close. I would have given it to Kamaru. And then at about <laughs> a minute or so into round number two, Kamaru Usman threw a combo where he threw his, his left hand as if it was a jab, but he didn't jab. He grabbed Jorge's arm, pulled it down, followed it with a beautiful, crisp, straight right down the pipe, knocked Jorge Masvidal flat. Kamaru hit him with two or three more really hard hammer fists, which I think is what put Jorge completely out. Unbelievable finish for Kamaru Usman. He retains his belt at 170 pounds, or welterweight as we call it. Clean KO in the second over Jorge Masvidal. Wow. What a night. What a card. Incredible. I don't have enough things to say about it. It was amazing. So while we're on this high note, D-Reigns, let's go ahead and give Dre a call, get her world famous drop of the night. All righty, fight fam. Let's go ahead and get into our world famous Dre's drop of the night. Dre, when there was a variable buffet of drops to choose from over this past weekend, not only in the UFC 261, but all over the landscape of, of, of combat sports, what did you come up with for your world famous Dre's drop of the night? How do I even pick last night's fight, which were insane? I woke up this morning thinking, like, did that really even happen? Um, I really struggled picking between two of the biggest KOs uh, that we've seen in a while. But I got to go with Rose Namajunas. Uh, Rose came into the fight, the underdog. And a lot of people were counting her out. So uh, I got to go with her because she definitely showed up and showed out just one minute into round one. Uh, Rose threw a kick that Whaley, I think, uh, thought it was going to be to the body. She kind of moved her her hips back a little bit to to get out of the way of it. But it wasn't a body kick. Uh, she threw a head kick that landed perfectly to the side of Whaley's uh, neck and chin. And she went down and got finished with a couple more shots on the ground. Um Beautiful fight. Defi definitely surprised the hell out of a lot of people. Uh, so my drop of the night goes to Rose Namajunas. So Rose Namajunas gets episode 72 of CWR. Great drop of the night. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into our uh, picks for next weekend's UFC fight night. Reyes versus Prohaska. Um, We'll go ahead and start in the 205-pound division on the main card. I've got Dustin Jacoby beating Iron Kutalaba. The ladies love Justin Jacoby, too, from what I've seen. We do. We and do. The ladies love Justin Jacoby, <laughs> Jacoby, I should say. I got him beating Ion Kutalaba by a third-round TKO, and I'm calling my shot. I'm saying it's going to be with a left elbow to the head. That's my call on that one. What's your call? I am going Dustin Jacoby as well, but I think he's going to do it in round two. I got a TKO round two. All righty, moving in 135 pounds, we have Cody Stamen and Mirab Devashvili. I've got this one being a very close back-and-forth fight. I've got Cody Stamen just edging it out via split decision over Mirab Devashvili. What about you? I am going Cody Stamen as well, but I'm giving him the UD. You got UD on that one? All right, mm -hmm. then we got Giga 
Chikizi versus Cub Swanson. I don't think you and I are going to be on the same pitch on this one. No, probably uh, not. Giga, <laughs> I've got Giga winning on this one by unanimous decision over Cub Swanson. What about you? I have Cub Swanson uh, winning by unanimous decision. So Got to go with my California boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then we got the main event. I've got Yuri Prohaska beating Dom Reyes by a KO in the fourth. And I'm calling my shot on this one, too, Drea. All I've right. got a left high kick similar to what Rose got the drop of the night for, mm-hmm. but a little bit more power, a little bit more oomph, and it's going to be higher up on the head. He's going to go high with it. So a high left kick to Dom Reyes' dome. Gets it done. KO on the forward for year for Asuka. What about you? I am going here as well, uh, but I think it's going to be a little bit earlier. I'm going to go around three uh, TKO for Yuri Prohaska. All right. Well, I would be remiss if I did not shout out my most favoritist fighter, my dear friend, Sam Sampage-Huge, who is also on the card fighting Loma Luka Boom. I've got Sam, the Sampage-Huge, winning by second round TKO, ground and pound. That's just my that's just my uh, addition to our picks for next week. All right. My favoritist. Love you, Sam. And you're going to do awesome. It's going to be great. Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions, of which we have a bevy of as well today. Trey, let's go ahead and get our first one from our dear friend, Sin City Sarah. What does Sin City Sarah have this week? I loved all the attention on Trevor Whitman this week. He really does seem like the best coach and walked away with two champs tonight, which is a huge accomplishment. It made me wonder if you had any special coaches or a coach story that you'd want to share. And if not, what's something that you really value and uh, look for in a coach? I cannot wait to hear all of your thoughts and opinions on UFC 261. Oh, thank you so much, Cincinnati, Sarah. We love you, my friend. Um, Yeah, unfortunately, not in my career. I really didn't have that coach. Like, I kind of dreamed growing up, like, if I ever became a fighter, that I would have, like, like my Mickey to my Rocky, right? Or somebody like Emmanuel Stewart or Freddie Roach, like that coach who's just like a second father figure who talks everything, you know, right? I, I did not have that experience, right? Uh, the vast majority of what I learned was from my teammates, from my sparring partners. The gym that I started at many moons ago, um, I was the only amateur heavyweight, and there was five pro heavyweights and a very experienced amateur heavyweight and a couple other pros who were, you know, light heavy and cruiser. So I had a lot of big, strong, really well-versed guys who that's who I learned from the, the coaches there um, put this in a nice way. They were more interested in um, the other guys than they were me. So I really learned a lot of stuff from, you know, from my teammates. That was really where I got most of my coaching and of course, studying on my own. So that was really it. And what do I look for in a coach? Like if I was to have it all over again, I want somebody who is, I need to know their background, right? I need to know if they were fighters or what other fighters they've trained, like how those fighters fight, you know, that kind of a deal. And plus, I need someone who talks to you, who doesn't yell at you, right? I don't respond well to yelling. I never have. Um, Just talk to me in a normal, calm tone of voice. I will retain what you tell me much, much better. So that's what I look for in a coach. Thank you so much, Sin City Sarah. All right. Oh, and congratulations on the bloody canvas deal. That's awesome, my friend. All right, let's move into uh, RSP. What do you got this week, dude? Wow. Just wow. What an event. UFC 261 was probably the best pay-per-view in a long time. Phenomenal all around. And my question is this. 
Could the specific series of wild and unbelievable events that we saw last night that was UFC 261 have happened anywhere other than Florida? Dead nerves, strangely <laughs> karmic, broken legs, wild knockouts, commentators scuffing with YouTube personalities. Florida gonna be Florida. Yeah, that's so funny. Could it possibly happen anywhere else in Florida, of course, but probably not, right? <laughs> <laughs> when I was reading this, I immediately thought of, they used to have a segment uh, I don't know if you watch it, Dre, or anybody out there listening did, but Chelsea Handler used to have a show called Chelsea Lately on E. And they had like a little segment. I believe it was literally called something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing. I don't exactly remember. I think it was like, Florida is crazy. And they would have these, like, <laughs> these crazy stories out of Florida, like, you know, news stories where people did this, that, mm-hmm. or the other. That was immediately what I thought of. I mean, yeah, dude, it just seems like that. I don't know if it's the heat, the humidity, or the bugs, or what it is. But yeah, there sure are a lot of. <laughs> Uh, crazy stories and crazy things that come out of that state of Florida. So you're absolutely right, my friend. Thank you so much, RSB. It's not a it's not a show without you, my friend. We sure appreciate you. All right, our next question comes from our girl APB. What do you got, APB? I'm still basking in the afterglow of last night's fights. I can't believe Weidman kicked his leg off the same way Silva did in their fight. I got mad that they cut away from Weidman after the break. I paid good money to see everything, including hideous injuries. Do you think they should have shown more of the aftermath? And have you ever seen a better card than last night? Well, first of all, APB, for my own taste, I, I saw it enough. <laughs> I can see it over and over again. Um, I've definitely seen cards as good, but last night's was special, man. We had about 10 of the 13 fights that went off that I truly enjoyed, which is incredible for a card. I feel like I'm lucky if I enjoy four out of 12, right, or 13. But we had three title fights, three finishes, one title changing hands. Um, that's a recipe for a legendary type of night. I absolutely loved it. Have I seen better? Not that comes to, not that comes to mind, but of course there's been others that are as good. But man, last night was awesome. From the very beginning to the very end, I absolutely love the card. Thank you so much, APB, my dear friend. And as we know, you can't be a wuss and have a puss. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good question. Thank you, my friend. All right, we've got a first-time question asker on this episode as well. We've got uh, Ty of the Tiger. So shout-out to Rocky, the player on Eye of the Tiger. I love it. What do you got this week, dude? What do you think is next for Rose? So many options, in my opinion. Yeah, if I'm speaking of what I'd love to see, like in my own personal world, I would love it to be Tatiana Suarez, right? I'd love to see the contrast between her her ground and pound, you know, she's undefeated, um, but I, she hasn't fought since 2019, so I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's too soon for Dern, but that's a possibility. Um, if anybody was leaning towards a rematch of Joanna, it's, it's probably not going to happen, dude. She's two and four in her last six, and she's already lost to Rose twice. So who does that leave, right? Is it a rematch with Wei Li? She just stopped her in one minute, so I don't, I don't think so on that one, right? Um, if I had to be totally honest with an answer, I've got no clue, right? But I, I think the answer might be the winner of Jan and Carla Esparza, which happens in May. I think they might be waiting to see who wins that to get the next shot of the title. That's a possibility, but could be Dern, could be Tatiana Suarez, but I'm guessing if I had to, it would be the winner of Jan versus Carla Esparza, which I think is going to be Jan in May, right? That's why I see him for being next. So thank you very much, uh, Ty of the Tiger or at Ty Fly Guy 15 is his handle. Thank you much for asking a question, dude. And our last one comes from the big homie juice in the fight of uh, friendly sparring. 
pod. I almost said fighting with myself again. Fairly smart, pod. What do you got this week, dude? Hey, Rhino. My question for you this week is simple. Where does Rose go from here? She's on her second title run, and it seems like she's beating most of the worthy challengers. Same with Valentina, though. Is it time for a super fight between them? So, yeah, I don't, I definitely kind of covered what I think is next for Rose. I don't think at all they, those two should fight. What, what's next for Valentina? And I've been screaming it from the hilltop for months and months. It's another fight with Amanda the Lioness Nunes, dude. That's mm-hmm. what should be next. I know that I know that Valentina wants it. I know that Amanda will probably take it as long as it's a fair and decent offer financially for her. This fight has got to happen. They're the two pound for pound best in all female mixed martial arts. They Amanda beat her fair square in the first one. I've said it a million times. I think Valentina won the second fight, even though she didn't get the decision. Let's run it back, man. Let's make the two best of the best who are have already fought twice. Let, let them go for the trilogy, dude. I really want to see that. So that's next. I hope and think for Valentina Shevchik. So if you guys haven't already, of course, check out Juice at the Friendly Sparring Pod with him and Leo. It is awesome. So, Drea, we have rocked mm-hmm. out not only your drop of the night, but our picks for next week's card and our Twitter questions for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to have you back on next week. All right. See you next week. All righty, fam. Let's go ahead and get out and shoot. Fam? <laughs> fam? Let's go ahead and get into our voice questions. And our first one comes from the big homie, Jim Assoon, the OG. What do you got this week, dude? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and Rhino gang, hope you all doing well. Hats off to Usman, man. Fucking guy's a killer. There's nobody beating this guy now. You know. So, um... Poor fucking group, man. But, like I said, I knew that knee was gone. Because when he made that kick, I seen that kneecap turn sideways. I know that feeling, man. Fuck, that hurts. But, uh, Weidman. My God. Oh, my God. I was, I was going to puke, man, when I seen that. But, uh, he's done, right? Like, there's nothing left for him now. Like, it's going to take him a couple of years for this fucking thing to heal up properly, I'm guessing. A year for sure. So, that's my question for you this week. Keep up the great work. You know we love the show. And you fuckers know it's always 420. Peace. Yeah, man, unfortunately, I do think so. Uh, two and six in his last eight fights, severely broken leg, 36 years old. I, I, I'm hoping he saved his money, especially from the time he was champion. Um, I, I think he did. He seems like a pretty sensible guy, right? I hope he put some money away. I think he's probably done. Um, yeah, I, I'd, call it a, I'd call it over on, on Chris Weidman's career. I just I don't see him coming back from that. You know, let's just hope that he can get back to it where he's like a normally functioning life and maybe he can turn into a coach. I I, I think he's a, he was a great wrestler for a long time. Maybe he could coach. I know he, um, he was very high level of that. And I think he's, I think he'd be a good coach. So yeah, I don't want to see Chris Weidman, you know, fight anymore. I think it's a wrap on his career. So that's where I'm at on that one. Thank you so much. Big homie. OG Jim. Alrighty, I know our next one comes from my girl Gina, the triumphant return from shots fired in the woke as Gina. What do you got for this week? Hey, Rhino. It is just Gina MMA, your homegirl, and I'm back asking questions on the show. Listen, I just got a tweet that has me a little confused here. Someone said that the reason why Chris Weidman's 
leg broke when he threw that kick was because he threw it improperly and it had bad technique. Did someone who never trained in their life just sneak into my mentions and fuck with me? Or is there some truth behind this? Do you think the way in which Chris threw that leg kick had something to do with why his leg broke? I don't know. I got this kid in my mentions. He's got me all fucked up. Maybe you can help me with this. Enjoy, enjoy the show. I hope you love the fights and I love your show. Okay? Keep it up, buddy. No, I don't think the technique had much, if anything, to do with it, right? We see, we often see dozens of leg kicks in every fight, right? On every fight, in every card, every weekend, in every promotion. This has only happened a handful of times ever. So if you're if you're like in a live combat situation, rarely is your leg kick going to land exactly in the right spot, in the exact right place, using the exact right part of your leg you want it to be making contact with, right? So again, to me, the technique, that, that's not a part of this at all. When I saw it, I thought that there had to be some sort of pre-existing injury, right? Or like we all saw on Twitter, not just Connor, but all kinds of people were kind of chiming in about the word microfracture. Oh, there had to be dozens of microfractures. And maybe that's true. I'm not sure. But there had to be something that weakened that bone. Um, because like I said, we've literally only seen this a handful of, of instances over all these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fights over the past, let me just say 15 years. So no, I don't think it was technique. I think there was something else amiss with that leg. He hit it just right. And that's what happened, man. And it was awful. You know what I mean? We all saw it. If you don't have sympathy for that, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I really do. I felt just awful for Chris Weibin. I hate that he's going to be laid up for so long. Obviously, it's an incredible coincidence that the same thing happened to his opponent, Anderson Silva, those years ago. But, yeah, I don't think it had much of anything to do with technique. I think there was something else wrong with that leg, uh, probably shin splints, microfractures, whatever you want to call it. There was something else there. So thank you so much, Gina, my dear friend. We're so glad to have you back on the show. If you guys haven't already, of course, check out Shots Fired in the Wilcast, two of my most favorite pods in the world. Thank you, Gina. Love you. All right, let's go on into our homie, D-Cross from Canada Way. D-Cross, what do you got this week, dude? Hey, Rhino, what's going on, my brother? God damn, that was a fun night of fights. Uh, oh, thoughts, prayers out to Drea. I don't know how, how you picked a drop of the night out of that. It was fantastic. Good on you, sis. I can't wait to listen to it. Um... I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, uh, like, should we have Joanna and Zhang run it back and the winner take a crack at Rose? What do we do in that division? And when is Masvidal going to stop carrying that BMF belt around? When is he just going to give it to Usman? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, happy Sunday. Can't wait to listen to the show. Love you guys. Rhino gang, gang, gang. So I touched on this a little bit earlier, but like I said, JJ is two and four in her last six, and that's Wheelie's first loss in a long time. But do I want to see them fight again? Hell yeah, dude. A rematch of one of the greatest fights ever in the history of fucking UFC. Sign me the fuck up. I'm all about that, right? Um, so, yes. Do I think it's going to happen? Not necessarily, but would I love to see it? 100%. Uh, Jorge Masvidal should ever have been carrying that belt around, dude. And then in the first place, he it's a made-up gimmick belt. That's cool. I think it's a cool belt. I think it was cool that they put some time and thought and effort into that. Like, right, I really, I like that. I think it's cool. The BMF belt's cool. But it should have been cool where, like, you got it, 
And then you brought it home and put it like on the mantle of like your den, right? I think it's that level of cool. Not bring it to the cage every time like moving forward, cool. But that's just me. That's just my take on it. So yeah, D Cross, thank you so much for the great question, my friend. Rhino gang, gang, gang. Alrighty, let's go ahead and get into our 10 rounds with Rhino with UFC Bantamweight Iman Zahabi after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen of the Rhino Gang, we've got ourselves a very special guest today. Joining me for this series of 10 rounds with Rhino, UFC Bantamweight, Montreal's favorite son, Ayman Zahabi. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Hey, it's my pleasure. Glad to be here, man. Oh, we are super stoked to have you on. So, Ayman, the way it works is basically the first round with Rhino is always the same. We love to hear the origin story of how you first got yourself into this crazy world of MMA. Oh, man, really? Uh, I just started off because my I was going to high school. And my father wanted me to be able to defend myself because he didn't want me to get bullied or picked on at school. So he told my brother Frost to take me with him when he goes training at the gym. And then it all kicked off after that. So it was basically just your dad wanted you to be able to take care of yourself. You followed yeah. Frost at the gym and then from there, we here we are. Yeah, yeah, you know, he doesn't want me to get picked on for no reason. And he wants me to have self-confidence, you know. And then and bam, all of a sudden I got really good after a few years, a few years of training. And then I started coaching some of the pros, started helping my brother out with uh, the gym. Then I was like, you know what? I think I could do this myself. I think I could fight as well. So then I started taking some fights in the amateurs and worked my way to the pros. Yeah, definitely, dude. Now, you, you mentioned your brother, uh, Faraz Ahabi, well-known guy. We have a question about him a little bit later on. But yeah. the gym you're referring to is, uh, is TriStar. TriStar yes. is one of the most storied MMA gyms ever in like the entire history of our sport. It is, a, it is one of those gyms that everybody knows where it is, who came from there. When did you first realize that, oh, you know, because most of us start at small gyms, right, before we turn pro. We start at small gyms, we've got to work our way up. You kind of yeah. started at one of the best of the best places. When yeah. did you kind of realize that TriStar was a special uh, top-tier gym? I mean, it was special in a lot of ways, but it wasn't all, It wasn't a big MMA school at the start, right? Like, uh, for us, really built it and put it on the map for MMA. Like, I mean, we were known for... Uh, some boxing and kickboxing guys like Conrad Paul, one of my striking coaches, was an intercontinental champion. And there was also uh, Vitker, Vit, uh, I'm sorry, Victor Vargotsky, who was also a, a world champion in kickboxing. He actually came over with the Klitschkos when the Klitschkos used to do kickboxing. 
So we're well known for striking, but we didn't have much in terms of MMA. And uh, Faraz and GSP and Ivan Menjivar and David Loiseau, they're the ones who really put us on the map. So I kind of came up with us as when we were no good, to be, we became superstars. You know, it's kind of there from the grassroots. Yeah, you were there. You were there the from team. the beginning. Yeah, I was there from the beginning, man. Like, uh, honestly, I feel uh, honored to be part of it. You know, at the time I was really young, you know, but, uh, you know, when it came down to Rich, uh, uh, David Loiseau fighting Rich Franklin and uh, GSP was on the undercard for that. That Christmas, the only people in the gym were me, Faraz, George St. Pierre, and David Loiseau. You know, the four of us training, getting them ready for that fight. Wow. Shout out to the Crow, David Loiseau. Yeah, man. the Crow's a beast. He's been discussed. I love that guy. Yeah. Wow. Well, what a cool story, man. Uh, so your your last win for the UFC was in February against Draco Rodriguez. It was yeah. a spectacular overhand right finish in the first round. Thank uh, you very much. That, that, I'm that more happy that it is. <laughs> What's that, brother? Say that again? I, I said I'm more happy that it didn't get hurt at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're right. right. <laughs> you had a spectacular, like I said, a spectacular first round knockout. You came yeah. out completely, completely unscathed. Um, yeah. Can, can you kind of walk us through that fight ending sequence, like what you saw and then when the opening was and when you knew to throw that technique? Yeah, thanks, man. That's a great question because uh, a lot of people just remember the fights for just that punch, you know. But uh, honestly, like that was the first fight I ever felt uh, comfortable enough to not be rushed. I didn't feel like I had to rush myself. I wasn't counting the seconds in my mind. I was more coming into the fight, okay, this is a younger guy. You know, he's in his 20s, I'm in my 30s, and uh, he's got some power, he's never been KO'd. He really is. So the first two minutes, I was just like, okay, let me get my forward going to see how, how, how far his reach is and how fast can he throw his punches, and is there a chance for me to cut him off? Is there a chance for me to time him? Because honestly, the game plan to go in that fight was to bring the fight to the ground and grapple him. So the, the striking, I want to be really cautious to set up a takedown or something, you know? No, and then uh, when I realized, oh, wait a second, I have the faster punches. I was like, okay, let me wait and find an opening and I can split his combo. You know, I want to do like a combo breaker. And I, I read his tell when he faked the kick that I knew he was coming with some hands. So I tried to beat him to the punch and that's how I got the finishing sequence. Oh, man, thank you so much for walking us through that. That's so badass. That's one of those things that those fans who... We see the big picture, but we don't always see the details, right? We don't always see the the very specific uh, tells that go on. Yeah. I really appreciate you walking us through that one, dude. Um, oh, obviously, you. your brother Faraz is a super high-level coach. Uh, it has been He's been your coach from the beginning, it sounds like, right? Um, yeah. Is it difficult sometimes to keep that brother versus coach relationship oh, separate? Man. It's kind of crazy, right? It gets nuts, buddy. It gets nuts. <laughs> you know, like uh, it's uh, it's it's not always easy, you know, because sometimes we want to we butt heads, but we have we're, we're connected on so many levels that uh, it's, it's some some days are more rough than others. That's for sure. You know, some days are more rough, but you know, we have a unique brotherhood and a unique uh, relationship, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. But yeah, sometimes it gets ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine, my friend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, your last uh, your last fight was in February. Do you have anything yeah. that you can share with us of when we might see you next time in the octagon? Well, I just got tested recently. I got tested last weekend. So usually when they test me, uh, they call me a few weeks later. I think after the, they get the results and everything's clear. So I had asked to fight in the July, 
So I'm hoping that they still, uh, just, that's what they're aiming for. You know, July or August would be great. And uh, then I'll move on from there. But I would like to get this summer and then December. Oh, okay. So one from the summer, one kind of in the winter. So in the next few months, yeah. we'll a couple of them. Yeah, that would be like fantastic. You know, because since I signed with the UFC, I haven't been able to fight more than once a year, except for my first year. You know, then the, the, the three other years, you know, it was just one fight a year. And you know, it's hard, man. So do you have anything as far as like away from the gym, I'm in that you just love to do? Like what are some of your hobbies just away from the gym? It's time to just relax, have some fun. What are some things you like to do away from uh, from the fight world? Well, uh, I love to go biking. Like so uh, me and my wife, we take the kids on our bikes and we have like this thing is called uh, a kangaroo seat. If you have a kid under five years old, this thing is a, an investment, man. You, you sit them in, on the bike with you, but right in front of you. So like they're between your arms. And, like, we'll go bike ride for an hour, and then we'll stop for ice cream or whatever. That's always good. And then besides that, I like to, like, play sports on the side, like play soccer or pay, play, uh, pick up basketball or whatever with my boys, you know, and have, like, just, like, a great time, you know, playing sports that, that are not, you know, for my profession. You know, that I love right. to do. Oh, no, that sounds awesome, man. I, I, I'm not familiar with a kangaroo seat, but it sounds like it'd be a pretty fun thing to have uh, with your kids to play with. Yeah, I um, love it. Dude, so if you if you had not pursued a career in MMA, what do you yeah. think Ayman Zahabi would be doing today, dude? What do you think profession you would have gone into if fighting was just not it for you? Well, I went to university. I started, I was in uh, an accounting. I was at University of McGill. And then at 22, I was, I just, I, I had a meeting with Frost. I'm like, Frost, we need to have a meeting. He's like, okay. He's like, what is it? I'm like, man, I'm like, accounting is fun, but I can always come back to school in my 30s. Let's, let's go for a run in pro MMA. And that's when I made my decision to go pro, you know. And I said, if I don't make it to the UFC by 30, he's like, and then I was like, I'm, I'll retire and I'll go back to university, do two, three years, get my accounting degree, and man, I'm done. I'll just retire. But I ended up I, making I, it, so I, now I'm, I'm going to ride it until the wheels fall off. <laughs> I am so surprised. So um, not only you were into accounting, you know, Chuck Liddell has, has a degree in accounting. I didn't and, know that. Yes, yes. Chuck Liddell has a degree in, in accounting. My dear yes. friend, uh, UFC fighter Sam Page Hughes, she was in accounting. I mean, this is just the accounting seems to be the uh, the the underwriting thing of, of people's profession or the, what they got into before they got into fighting. This is unbelievable. See, not everybody in professional fighting is just a, it's just a uh, you know someone who who doesn't know what they're doing as far as school goes. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's not only for delinquents. It's not only for delinquents. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. So, I mean, let's flash forward five years, dude. Let's fast yeah. forward. Let's see. Where do you think you're at? Because, like I said, you, I know you, I know you're in your 30s, but dude, you are, you are not shop worn. You know what I'm saying? You no, exactly. Are, yeah. I don't have a lot great, of money. You know what I'm saying? You have not taken a ton of damage. You've been very yeah. smart with your career. Um, yeah. And, like you said, you haven't been the most active, right, in the last few yeah. years. So, it's not the age, it's the miles. So, yeah. five years from now, where do you see yourself as far as your city career? I'm hoping that I've won the title at the UFC at least once, man. You know, I just want to win that belt in these next five years. You know, that would be a dream come true. And then uh, I would be retired. But in five years from now, I'd want to be retired and uh, have my house paid off completely. And then I would have my gym. You know, that's that's my goal. That's my retirement goal is collect all my paychecks and live, you know, the fighter life until I die. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, you certainly have all the tools to make those things. Uh, come to reality, my friend. I assure you. Thank uh, you. So, bro, is let's just say you are you're now in the ninth round, and the ninth round is where we love to do the food question. So, let's say you've already won your fight. You've been cutting down. You got to make thirty five. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to you got to do all the things to get there, which suck. 
But now yeah. you've already won. It's time to go out with the friends, the family, everybody. Yeah. Really get down on your favorite meal. What are you getting it? And where are you getting it from? It, listen, it's going to depend on the location, okay? But if we were talking about it anywhere, I would definitely go for burgers because burgers are my favorite food, you know? And if I was somewhere where there's a Shake Shack, 100% we're going to Shake Shack. If there's no Shake Shack, we're going to, uh, you know, Fat Burger. You know, okay. we're going to somewhere like that. I want I want the thickest, the most delicious burger I can find. <laughs> That's what I want. So obviously, obviously, I've had a ton of people on, and it really, it's becoming now. Burgers are taking on a life of their own, is the answer. Yeah. So for a long time, it was wings and beer. Most fighters said wings and beer, but I'm telling you, burgers are making a strong groundswell to becoming the number one answer. And I totally co-sign with that. I'm a burger guy myself. Let me tell you something. Americans just know how to do burgers. Like they've turned the corner. They found the new secret. I don't know what it is. In and Out's amazing. Shake Shack's amazing. Fat burgers. Amazing. I can't get enough. If you ever find yourself, I mean, I know you're up in Montreal, but if you ever find yourself yeah. in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where the University of Michigan is, if you ever yeah. find yourself there, you got to look up Blimpy Burger. Blimpy. Oh, I never heard of it. It is. I, I don't know if you, uh, my, my boy Ike Valley Flag, he, okay. he used to live in Ann Arbor. He grew up in Ann Arbor. And when yeah. I had him on, we talked about Blimpy Burger for like five straight minutes. I'm going to YouTube it after. I'm going to check it out, man. Crazy Jim's Blimpy Burger on University of Michigan campus. It is unbelievably delicious. <laughs> awesome. So, dude, we have yeah. actually careened our way all the way into the tenth round. I'm and I can't believe it's gone so fast. That's awesome. I'm having a great time. Oh yeah, this is so much fun, dude. It's always so fun, but it always goes so goddamn fast, dude. So basically, what we do with the tenth round is we like to hear your socials. Can we share your social medias with everybody so we can follow you along in the rest of your career, see how things are going for you? Like, what are your socials on? Um, I mean, yeah. I, I assume I assume IG for sure. Yeah, I'm on Instagram mostly. Like, I have a Facebook account, but I don't act, I don't go on it very often. You know, I just find the Facebook is too much of a hassle. But Instagram, I like it a lot. So you can find me at, at Amen Zahabi. And I'm on Twitter. And I'm trying to, like, now hopefully, I'm actually working on starting a YouTube channel. So if you guys are listening, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to finally start my YouTube channel. Oh, that is sweet, dude. What kind of content are you looking to post on YouTube? Uh, I'm going to start with like a few different ideas, but I don't know what's going to stick. But I was thinking of like giving some ideas on what it looks like the meals I do when I'm when I'm cutting weight for uh, uh, for a fight camp. Another type of episode I was thinking about doing was maybe just like some fight commentary. And then my last option is like some fight breakdowns, you know. Post oh, OK. So, yeah. No, that sounds awesome, dude. I really hope that comes out in a couple of weeks. We'll yeah. definitely check that out. So, yes, I'm in Zahabi at uh, uh, at. I'm in Zahabi on Instagram. Check yeah. that out. Keep eyes open for the YouTube channel coming out in a couple yeah. weeks. I'm yeah. in. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you having on today, dude. I'm so stoked you were able to go 10 rounds today. We are huge fans of you over here at CSWR, and we're definitely looking forward to seeing you next time stepping into the octagon. Bro, thank you, man. You're a, a, pl a pleasure to deal with, man. I really I really had a good time setting it up and having this interview, man. You, you, you're oh, great. Dude, I, that means the world to me to hear. I really, really appreciate you, and we'll definitely talk at you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. This is Ayman Zahabi, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Dude, Ayman could not have been more fun to talk to you, dude. We had such a great conversation before, during, and even after we stopped recording. What a pleasant, wonderful guy. Uh, oh, dude, I have, I have nothing but great things to say about him. I will definitely have him on again uh, after his next fight, which he is totally stoked for and down to. So thank you so much, Ayman. Thank you, my friend. All right, let's go ahead and get into our outro, our shout-outs from the 
the contributors for this week's forum, Sin City Sarah. Once again, congratulations on your alignment with Bloody Canvas. My homie raises sweet potato. My girl, APB. You can't be a wuss and have a puss. <laughs> That's forever going to be attached to you, by the way. Uh, new new uh, write-in guy this week. New write-in question from Ty of the Tiger. Thank you very much, dude. Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. The big homie Jim Assoon. Gina from Shots Fired in the Wocast. The homie D. Crons. Thank you guys all so much for participating this week. Of course, there's some other members of the Rhino Gang. Brat, Miss Fight Diva, Unmatched Pod, Cyrus King. Both the lovely Pamela's, both the painter and the belly dancer. You guys are awesome. All of the uh, homies in the Rhino Gang group chat, gang, gang. My homie Marquise from Weak Sauce Radio, Pokey Mama, Ashley from the Silly Little Pod, which I love. My dear friends in the PRG, the homie Genghis, all my underdog MMA family, Jason, Chrissy, Monica, and Jillian. Thank you guys so much. Then the feature play, Andrea. The best in the biz engineer that ever has been, my man D. Reigns. Of course, to Dave Fretz, the Einstein of graphic design. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. He puts forward the best, and I'm saying that without any hesitation in my whole chest. The best posters in the game, Dave Fretz. Of course, check out our Redbubble store. The link is in the bio of my Twitter, of our Twitter page, I should say. Let's be kind to everybody this week. Have a great week. Be be kind to your friends, to your family, to your coworkers. Kindness matters. Black lives matter. And let's have a great week. And we will see you next week. Kate Sun!